Why do you linger here when there is no hope? to all my elf friends. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf, and welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Getting moving a little bit late today in the show as I was coming into the studio, there was a duck. <laughs> we elves do get distracted by animals and trees and starlight at times and this wasn't a mallard duck a lot of times we see the little mallard duck couples that are wandering around looking for a place to nest about this time of the year but this was a larger duck i know about mallards because i once worked at the marriott palm desert resort and the they have big lakes out there and the mallards would come and <laughs> make nests in the planters and swim around the lake. And <clears throat> it was a kind of a mixed emotion experience because we'd see these ducks and their little babies and they're protected. You can't, you can't move a mallard duck or catch it or do anything like that. You're not allowed to do anything to them. So if they come and they're in your pool or in your pond or in your giant resort lake, you have to just let them be there. Well, part of the problem was that the lake also had big catfish. So here are these little mamas and little babies, about the size of a mouthful for a catfish. So it was kind of a mixed thing because the babies would be around, and I'm sure some of them survived, I hope, but some of them probably did not. So anyway, whenever I see ducks and, and there are places around here in Southern California, right by where we broadcast from the University of California at Irvine, where there are lots of ducks. Anyway, this one was in the parking lot right next to our parking space here for KUCI. And I didn't see a mate with it, but it was doing its usual thing, kind of wandering around, looking in the air, dazed and confused. And I thought, oh, you're probably looking for some food. So I had to quickly rummage <laughs> through my trunk because normally as an elf, I have some uh, limbus or some nuts or something in there. Sometimes I carry around sunflower seeds for different places that I go to that mean I may encounter little animals or squirrels or something that need some food. But I didn't, I couldn't find any today. The only thing I could find was a package of dried seaweed which is my kind of go-to emergency food. And so I broke that open and spread some there on the ground, but I don't think he was going for it. He was probably thinking, what? Dried algae? If I wanted that, I could just go over to the local pond. <laughs> so anyway, that was my little adventure coming in. And But it reminded me that I really must get an iPhone. So because I could have taken a little selfie with the little duck and uh, it would have been a happy day. So welcome to the show. This is What Would Arwen Do? Life from the Perspective of a Modern Middle Earth Elf. So if an elf from the genre of Middle Earth, the Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien 
Middle Earth. If she lived today, what would her life be like? How would she be celebrating the arts and music, working in her community, caring for the planet and its creatures, living elvishly, being close to nature, walking under starlight, uh, celebrating, dancing, (laughs) dancing under starlight, and things like that. And how would she be in the world helping to make it hopefully a better place and to in the books and in the chronicles of Middle Earth, if you are familiar with them, then you know that the elves pretty much stayed to themselves, not so much that they were cliquish, but they enjoyed the company of their own communities. But when called upon to protect the free peoples, and actually many of them were rangers that were protecting, like protecting the borders of the Shire, and nobody even knew that they were really doing that. Um, But when called upon, uh, they would join forces with other free peoples, elves, ants, hobbits, mortals, and um, fight for the freedom and the conquest of evil and its will to dominate all lands. Today, that's a little bit, or rather, um, kind of what our show is going to be focusing on a It was a very difficult day yesterday of research. I I don't watch the news. I don't read the newspapers. I get enough of it here and there. are certain things that I'm always looking for. And the wonderful woman I live with reads the paper every morning, and she'll point out things to me sometimes. But when I just try to go through it, I get under a weight of borders on despair. But I have to remember As Elrond said to Arwen, why do you linger here when there is no hope? And Arwen says, there is still hope. And that is my belief that no matter what goes on in the world and how kind of challenging or bad things get, there is still hope for us elves and mortals. So yesterday, and I just want to say in case you are tuning in to the podcast, we do edit out all the music, copyrighted material. So um, I'll give you the names of things in case you want to look them up on your own. We opened the show with the Academy Award winning music of Howard Shore from the original soundtrack, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Council of Elrond. And after that, we heard from State of Grace to their song, Turning to Peace, which I absolutely love. And yes, that's something we could, hopefully, we will see happening more within our lifetimes here on this lovely planet. So yesterday, April 14th, oh, and if you want more information about KUCI programming, please check out our website at KUCI.org. We also have a public affairs or talk show website called KUCITalk.org where you can find out information about what's coming up on shows and there's also more podcasts there. And we also podcast through iTunes. And if you'd like to contact me, I would love to hear from you. And you can send me an email missive at Ask an elf at yahoo.com. A S K A N E L F at yahoo.com. And yes, 
the blog is coming this year, the website is coming, and I'm so excited because this is the year when the elf will continue to wrestle with technology and hopefully be an overcomer <laughs> or a collaborator. That would be even better. So yesterday, April 14th, 2015, one year to the day that the terrorist group Boko Haram kidnapped over 200 Nigerian schoolgirls in Chibok. And this has been something that has been on my heart for a quite some time. And I always ask myself and I ask God, uh, because I am a Christian and now a Catholic Christian, like J.R.R. Tolkien. What can I do? You know, I'm, I'm an older elf. <laughs> I live here in Southern California. I have responsibilities and people to care for here. I can't go there. What can I do? And there are a couple of things that I've discovered I can do. One of them is being here and being a voice for those who maybe can't reach into the campus of UC Irvine and into the heart of Irvine and Newport Beach and Southern California. So I've offered my voice to be uh, for these girls. And in my church, I when they ask us to offer our prayers when in the congregation, I pray for the girls and hopefully that reminds others not to forget them and we can also help financially I don't make a lot of money but I make some and so every, I think that God honors whatever little bit we can do um, if you are familiar at all with some of the stories of the Bible there's the one where the a uh, rich person came and dumped, you know, put a whole bunch of money into the pot and went away very self-satisfied. And then another little older woman, interesting that it was a woman, uh, came up and put in two small coins, but it was all that she had. And the Pharisees asked, which, you know, or maybe I think it was Jesus asked, which one was more justified? Well, it was the woman who put in all that she had. And I'm not saying we have to put in all that we have, but hopefully we can, I can manage to put in something and let God and the powers that be take care of the rest. And so this morning we're going to hear from Malala, who is the Nobel Prize winner. I love their organization. They are very committed to helping uh, make sure that uh, children can get an education and also not be persecuted for their religious beliefs. The girls in that were kidnapped, most of them were Christian, some of them were Muslim, some of them were held at gunpoint and to and told to recant their faith and refused. People have been killed over in Nigeria and the surrounding areas simply for being of a certain faith of Christian or Catholic and so and there are persecutions everywhere there have been terrible persecutions through the ages by all religious groups Catholic Christian Protestant non-Catholic Muslim the it yes it's it's people <laughs> it's not it's not the 
It's not the powers, it's the people, it's we who make decisions for hate and domination rather than love and peace and um, support. So I'm going to play for you in just a few minutes. I had some things that I found on the internet yesterday and it was wonderful. Of course, once I get in here to the studio and I'm on a different computer, sometimes things, it's a little different scenario. So I'm going to do the best I can and try to share some clips of from around the world, actually. It was interesting to see over in Paris and in various places around um, the world. They had marches yesterday. They had um, I saw some um, in Nigeria in the homes with uh, the families of the girls and the hashtag bring back our girls and they all were wearing red and they put red tape across like duct tape across their mouths to signify uh, being silenced and it was quite moving to see this and to realize that we here in America have no idea what it's like to live in a war zone. We have so many freedoms and blessings that we take for granted. Oh, I hope we can at least become more grateful. I know it's hard, especially when you live someplace that's wonderful. Uh, for me, I have to very mindfully be grateful every day when I drive past the back bay, uh, that I get to live someplace that has clean air and f water flowing, fresh water, well, mostly fresh, um, but right there in one of the last remaining estuaries along the California coast. And we can get so accustomed to it. C.S. Lewis talks about something called the veil of familiarity, that uh, things become so familiar to us that we just don't really notice them. We take them for granted. We don't, um, we don't realize what wonderful blessings they are. So I'm going to play, if you uh, want to be involved, there are many things that you can do. If you can do nothing else, and you are a praying person or a mindful person, you can pray for these girls. There, um, there are 219 just of from that particular kidnapping that are still missing, and pray for their captors that their hearts will be turned. And I know some people are thinking, well, that's impossible. Nothing, nothing is impossible with God. So one may realize how awful it is and help eight or ten or twenty of them to escape or something, even at the cost of their own lives. So. We are not without hope, and also that the new president of Nigeria will be more resourceful in not only helping to find these girls, which now a year later, they've probably been separated. They're not, probably not just kept in a cluster anymore somewhere in a forest, but to make sure that this stops, that more things like this don't happen, and that those girls are not forgotten, and whatever can be done will be done. So Malala, who uh, I remember, I, in fact, I have the paper here, the Los Angeles Times, Saturday, October 11th, 2014, with the article on 
Malala, the Peace Prize goes to two who give voice to the child. And it says, uh, so it's Malala Yousafzai, and I'm sure I'm not doing justice to the pronunciation of these names, and Kailash Satyarti of India. It says they're denied an education, kidnapped, gang-raped, and sold in the market. They're forced to carry water, and they're married off early to old men. Then one extraordinary girl, Malala Yousafzai, escaped the fate of others and and soared to freedom, voicing the pain and terror of adolescent girls around large parts of the world. Malala, who was jointly awarded the Nobel Peace Prize on Friday with Indian children's rights activi- activist Kalash, has become a symbol of hope in her homeland, Pakistan, where girls are sometimes slain by their families in honor killings if they dare to marry for love or are kept out of school in deeply conservative communities. They were taken. They She was shot in the eye and for her work of speaking up and going to school and miraculously was saved. And now she has is a voice for um, children. Malala, eight at 17, Nobel Peace Prize. Well, she has gone on. She is uh, an she is in exile from her own country because of the threat to her life and her family. But she has started Malala.org, and they raise funds to help children everywhere. And I love that they have had a, compa- a campaign to uh, say that we will never forget you to the kidnapped Nigerian girls and hope for their families. So if you would like to go to her um, homepage, it's Malala, M-A-L-A-L-A dot O-R-G, or it might be malalafund.org, but I believe it's malala.org, and you can find information there about writing a letter to the girls. So this is one more very proactive thing that you can do, add your voice by letter to send a word of hope to the girls, to their families. So there is a video here of Malala uh, reading the letter that she wrote, and hopefully this will be inspirational to you. This, again, and this is, um, if you go to YouTube, the title of the video is We Will Never Forget You, Malala Writes to Kidnapped Nigerian Girls. This is KUCI in Irvine. Pakistani teenager and Nobel laureate Malala Yousafzai on Tuesday told Nigerian schoolgirls who were kidnapped a year ago by a Boko Haram militant it will never be forgotten and to never lose hope. 17-year-old Yousafzai wrote in an open letter to the missing girls, Please know this, we will never forget you. We will always stand with you. We will not rest until you have been reunited with your families. Yousafzai was shot in the head on a school bus in Pakistan by the Taliban in 2012 for refusing to quit school and won global acclaim for a passionate advocacy of Oh I'm so sorry. I I was I thought that was her reading and um and I stopped it. Okay. Here we go. Sorry, this is Pakistani actually, teenager and Nobel laureate sorry, this is actually a news story. It will never be forgotten and to never lose hope. 
17-year-old Yusuf Zai wrote in an open letter to the missing girls, Please know this, we will never forget you. We will always stand with you. We will not rest until you have been reunited with your families. Yusuf Zai was shot in the head on a school bus in Pakistan by the Taliban in 2012 for refusing to quit school and won global acclaim for her passionate advocacy of women's right to education. Last year, she was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize jointly with Indian children's right activist Kailash Satyarthi. In her letter, Yusuf Zai called on Nigerian authorities and the international community to do more to free the more than 200 schoolgirls abducted by Boko Haram Islamist militants a year ago. Okay, <clears throat> this is KUCI. Okay, this is KUCI in Irvine. The elf is still um, trying to figure out how to make the technology work. I know there's a way to get more than one screen up on the computer at a time, but um, I promise you, my listeners, that I will get more tech savvy so that we won't have these little glitches. So that was the story about Malala, and but I know that if you go to her website, which is malala.org, you can hear a recording of the letter that she wrote. Now, I might be able to do that if I can get to that website and play that for you. Otherwise, I may have a copy of it here, although I wanted you to hear it in her own voice. Malala is quite an inspiration and as I mentioned before you can get involved in um, encouraging the girls by writing a letter yourself and hmm okay so I think it might be time for a little music and then we will be back Please keep these girls in your prayers. Please consider what you can do um, maybe to support the work of Malala or other organizations that are uh, committed to helping children get an education and also to stop, stop, stop this terrible violence and terrorism in these places and by these terrorist groups. <coughs> so let's have a little elf music to lift our spirits and perhaps while we're doing that we can um, the elf will be able to find the YouTube or the um, these um, Malala reading her letter. Again, her organization and I'm hoping yesterday and the day before I tried to figure out a way to contact someone there, but um, I kind of got caught in a loop, but it will happen. So here is from The Hobbit's The Desolation of Smog, a little elvish music with the musical motif of Tariel, the elf that P Peter Jackson discovered in Mirkwood. And here is the Feast of Starlight, one of my favorite, favorite parts of the movies. This is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tawny Tenuviel, and this is What Would Arwen Do? And this is Elvish Singing.
And yes, that is Howard Shore's music, and that's the little musical motif of the ring slipped right in there. And that was Feast of Starlight from The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. So even though I I enjoyed The Hobbit movies, to me they didn't have near the um, the impact or the... Uh, I didn't enjoy them nearly as much, I don't think, as the Lord of the Rings movies. However, in that story, that epic, epic story, however, I did enjoy them. And I, of course, loved all of the music that Howard Shore created. He created a whole world of Middle Earth with the music that he um, produced for all of those six movies. So the elf was successful in... (laughs) getting to um, the to Malala reading her letter to the girls again you can send a letter of your own um, you can if you go to Malala M-A-L-A-L-A dot O-R-G find out more about the work that Malala is doing in helping children uh, be free to get an education anywhere everywhere but also the letter to the families and the Nigerian girls who are still missing one year and one day later from uh, being kidnapped from their school in Chibok, Nigeria. And so here is Malala. I believe this is a, a conference or something, and I'm reading her letter to the girls. This is um, a speech in Nigeria. This is KUCI in Irvine. In the name of God, the most merciful, the most beneficent, who is the God of all mankind. I'd like to say hello, assalamu alaikum, and welcome to all of you. Dear sisters and brothers, on this Malala day, I'm honored. I'm honored to be here with brave children, students, teachers, social activists, and Nigerian people. Last Malala Day, I was in New York, in the big hall of the United Nations General Assembly. This year, I chose instead to turn 17 on the soil of Nigeria. And I chose this for a purpose, which is to honor and celebrate the strength of the children in Nigeria and children across the world who are deprived of their basic right of education. I thank the Nigerian people for their warm welcome. You are an incredible strong nation. You work every day to fight against your challenges through your unity, resilience, and determination. Dear brothers and sisters, last Malala Day, I told my story. I spoke about my life in the beautiful valley of Swat in Pakistan. I spoke about the rise of terrorism and the ban on girls' education there in my hometown. 
I spoke about the Taliban's attack on my life, an attempt to silence me forever. And I would repeat, I would repeat what I said last year, that nothing changed in my life except this. Weakness, fear, and hopelessness died. Strength, power, and courage was born. When I was shot by the Taliban, the world stood up. I am Malala was the cry that I heard all around the world. I received thousands of good wish cards and letters from people. And I believe that God saved my life because of people's prayers. Today, this Malala day, I'm not here to tell my story because I'm not the only one who has been a target of extremism. There are hundreds and thousands of children who are suffering, who are suffering from terrorism and violence and do not have any access to education. I speak for those children whose right to safety, health, and quality education has been snatched from them. I speak for the 66 million girls who are out of school. This Malala Day is the day for education of every child and is dedicated to my dear, dear, and dear Nigerian sisters who are going through the same brutal situation which I suffered through in my past. I dedicate this day to my sisters in Nigeria. And I'll begin with a story. I'm here to tell you about a story about a girl whom I met yesterday. I'm really sorry I cannot mention her name, but I will call her my sister. My sister comes from the Nigerian village of Chibok. She is 16 years old. One day, when my sister was in school, some armed terrorists known as Boko Haram came and tried to steal her dreams. They kidnapped her, but she was one of those luckiest ones who escaped, who escaped from that abduction. Before that, her father got killed and her mother and sister got injured in the unstable situation in the north of Nigeria. Since this attack, because of insecurity and poverty, she can no more go to school. And her favorite subject is biology and she wants to become a doctor. Every day, Boko Haram raids nearby villages to terrorize the local people. Over 200 girls were kidnapped and still have not returned. Next week, it will be 100 days. 100 days since they were taken. 100 days in captivity. 100 days out of school. 100 days without parents. 100 days under fear. Dear sisters and brothers, not only in Nigeria, but the situation all around the world, especially in the Middle East countries, African countries, and Pakistan is getting worse every day. And children do not have access to education, and their studies are badly affected. Around 57 million children are out of school. 10.5 million children in Nigeria do not have access to education. And around 400 girls in total are abducted by Boko Haram in Nigeria. Seven million children in Pakistan are deprived of education. 
and about 900,000 people are homeless in Pakistan. In Pakistan, they had to leave their homes for their safety, as there is a military operation going on against the terrorists, because of which many children now do not have any access to education, and they're out of school. Girls from Syria, who were once in school and learning, now live in a camp, and struggle to understand a new life as a refugee. While the world is standing silent, doing nothing, and the children in Syria are becoming a generation lost. Because of conflict between Gaza and Israel, people are badly affected, and children on both sides are suffering. And recently, many children died because of airstrikes in Palestine, unfortunately. Dear sisters and brothers, issues are countless. But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you my birthday wish on this prestigious occasion, and to ask the responsible people to listen to the voice of the Nigerian girls and their parents, whom I'm honoring today. This birthday is not a kind of celebration where I would be having an enjoyment and eating cake and those things. This birthday, I want to celebrate it standing up with my Nigerian sisters and their parents who are right here behind me. Thank you so much for coming here. And that is not the letter that Malala wrote to the kidnapped girls, which is on her website, but a speech that she gave on Malala Day, her birthday, last July. So this was before July, August, September, October, three months before she received the Nobel Peace Prize. And you can rather understand why her passion for children and willingness to stand up to terrorism are most certainly beyond inspiring. Hopefully it's inspiring enough to move us to action. I'm working on my letter to the girls, and I'm not sure how long it is, so I'm trying to edit it down and make it something that will just help them know that some most insignificant elf princess over in a place called Newport Beach, California, uh, remembers and cares about these Nigerian girls, missing Nigerian girls, one year. So Malala was talking about that it had been 100 days into this uh, situation of their kidnapping. Now it is 366. 300, it was one year yesterday, and now it is one year and one day, still 219 girls unaccounted for kidnapped from their school in Chibok, Nigeria. So it can be a great weight of, I know for myself, sometimes just the weight of thinking about this becomes unbearable. Yesterday, I was doing the research, which I love researching about Middle Earth, and we we need laughter, we need joy. Um, it's a strength for us, but also there are times when we can set aside the laughter and the joy and spend even just a few moments in prayer. 
You may not know all the names of the 219 girls, but God knows the names. And um, I actually have a list that I got off the internet that I carry with me always. And sometimes I just lift them up before the throne of God and try to pronounce them as best I can. Um, Originally, this was published and then it was taken down because they were afraid uh, for some repercussions to the families or something, um, or that if the girls were released, that just the um, the backlash of what had happened to them would ha- be adverse. So they took down the names of the girls. But I have them, and I pray for them, and you can too. And you can also send a letter to them to let them know that you also have not forgot. And I would really appeal to my friends here in Southern California. I am ashamed to admit that I was late in getting involved with this. I could have organized a walk right here at UC Irvine campus and um, to show our solidarity uh, but there's still, there, we can't look at the things that we missed the opportunity to do, but we can be mindful to find ways to get involved. So again, if you want more information about writing a letter, sending a letter to the girls, that's, uh, you can go to Malala, M-A-L-A-L-A dot O-R-G and get involved in that way. Send an encouraging note. And so coming up in July will be Malala Day again. And this is a, an amazing young woman. So perhaps by then I shall be able to have, I don't know that I would be able to have Malala call into the show, but perhaps at least someone from her organization. So this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf standing in solidarity with our friends around the globe. And I'd love to hear from you if you would like to send me a little message. This show will be up on podcast, hopefully a little bit later with uh, once I get the music edited out. And you can pray for me (laughs) that I can get a little more savvy with the technology and also that I will be, um, that I can have the courage to stay mindful and to stay committed to helping that to be a voice for these girls who have no voice because they and none of us none of us can even imagine what it is like to be separated these girls were 13 to 18 most of them like around 16 to 18 the leader of Boko Haram in October said that and nobody knows if this is true or not, but he said that the girls had all converted to Islam and had been placed, as he put it, placed in their marital homes. So you can imagine what that means. And so please continue to pray for them and pray for all of us that we will be have the courage and find the time in our very busy Southern California schedules to... Uh, do something for those in other parts of the world that people will be free and that children will be free to have education. So you'll learn a lot if you go to Malala's website. I think we forget even just um, that these 
uh, all these people who are in refugee camps. Those children were once in school, and now they are not. What if your children, what if you had to be uh, evacuated and live in a camp for a while, and there could be no education for your children and living in terrible conditions? So let us be mindful of those around the world who don't enjoy the freedoms and things we enjoy here in Southern California. So I didn't get to share with you. I, I do want to just briefly mention on a lighter note, speaking of reading and education, something I discovered at the Newport Beach Library. Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll have someone on about this. It's actually called 1,000 Books Before Kindergarten. And it's a program through the Newport Beach Main Library over on Avocado. And what is it? It's a year-round reading program designed to help parents prepare their children for school. Research has shown that children get ready to read years before they begin their formal education. An excellent way to get your child ready is to read to them. Who can participate? And I'm this is from uh, something I printed off the website. Who can participate? Any child who has not yet entered kindergarten. How do we participate? You can register at the library. Visit the children's room at any Newport library and receive a free tote bag along with your first reading log. Read. Color in a circle on the reading log for each book you read with your child. Return to the library with your uh, completed reading log. You'll get a prize and a new reading log for another 50 books. Visit the library and receive a small incentive each time you talk to the librarian about the books you are reading. Repeat until you reach 1,000 books. And it has some frequently asked questions. Do we have to read books from the library? Nope. But they have a lot of great books. I, I read the same story every night to my child. I read the same story every night to my child. Can I count that book more than once? Yes. There is a value in repetition when developing language skills. What if my husband, what if my child listens to an audiobook? That counts too. Uh, we have several children. Can I count the same title for each child? You sure can. Can I count a story time book? Yes. And you may uh, also count books read in daycare or preschool. So my older children read to their siblings. Can I count those books? Count any books that are read to your child, no matter who does the reading. So if you'd like more information about that, you can go to the Newport Beach uh, Public Library website, newportbeachlibrary.org, and find out more information. So today I'm going to end our show coming up in just a few minutes, uh, Writers on Writing, with the song that I played at the beginning of the show, not from The Lord of the Rings. Not from the Lord of the Rings movies, but from State of Grace 2, Turning to Peace. Please stay tuned for Writers on Writing, everything you want to know about getting published. I am Tani Tenuvio, Alin Salalumen Amentielvo, A Star Shines on the Hour of Our Meeting. And please visit KUCI.org for more information about our programming. Until next week, Namariah.